Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, and welcome to this next episode of the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today I have with me Jerry Abiok. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Hey, thanks. Honored to be here. Excellent. Excellent. As usual, in my shows, uh, not everyone on planet Earth yet knows you. So would you be happy to do a little bit of an introduction and teach the audience a little bit about who you are and where you come from? Yeah, thanks. Uh, so my name is Jerry Abiog. I am the one of the co-founders and I am the CMO of a company called Standard Insights. We're based out of the U.S. and in a nutshell, it's an AI as a service growth marketing platform. And basically what we do is we help businesses, number one, execute data-driven omni-channel campaigns. Number two, we enable them to monetize their data to find look-like customers on Facebook. And what this does, it helps them to target the right person with the right product or service at the right time. So in essence, we are enabling companies to be more competitive in a data-driven world. That sounds super simple. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make AI so lots, uh, what I've learned over the last handful of years is you got to make it simple. Yeah. No, that's cool. Well, what about a little bit about your background, Jerry? What, what, what sort of your background before you went into this world of AI? Yeah, so I've uh, uh, 20, 25 years in, sale, uh, in all forms of sales and marketing. Did my, I was working for the corporate world up until 2011, 2012. And after yep. that, said, you know, to hell with it. I, I think I could do better on my own. So in 2012, I started taking on clients, software companies, helping them with sales and, and marketing. And some of those companies did well. And then my last client, this was you know, roughly three, four years ago, was an AI machine learning startup. That company failed uh, big time. But what I learned at that time uh, during my tenure there that, uh, number one, you know, people want an, an easy to use platform regardless of what software Uh, it is. And number two, there was something bubbling beneath the surface with regards to AI and machine learning applications. And now I think there are some studies have projected that, you know, AI machine learning projected to be around 200 to $300 uh, billion dollar in industry in a few short years. Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds very, very likely. Yeah. Very likely. Well, right place at the right time let's cross our fingers yep that makes sense and uh, you you have a company with with a few co-founders at the moment how many are you and what sort of position do you or what kind of role do you play in that business yeah so we have four co-founders my um you know as a co-founder you wear many hats but my um, main role is the chief marketing officer cool So that means you're responsible for marketing the, the AI platform and so on. Yeah, marketing and sales and uh, trying to get on uh, as many podcasts as possible. So thank you for having me on again. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it's always about getting the word out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So um, we, we talked a little bit 
about this prior to the interview, but but you're in a business with four co-founders. Now, a lot of my clients and a lot of the people in this community, they're always, uh, some people jump into co-foundership very easily. Some people spend a lot of time before they get into it. Um, what What's sort of your experience with co-foundership and, and how have you found it so far? Yeah, so this has been just a, a blessing because I've been in situations where there was a lot of like infighting, yeah. if you will. And, you know, when you're first starting out before you get the, you know, before you have revenue coming in, it's, I mean, geez, do I, last few, uh, you know, I've experienced where people were fighting on the shares of the company. But it seemed like here, everyone kind of, you know, knew their, knew their role and not, I mean, we never, nothing's ever perfect, right? We do have some, you know, disagreements from time to time, but it's sure. always, always worked out in a, in, a, in a friendly fashion. I think we were talking before this, that we all came together and learned from our past failures. So maybe learning from our past failures with, you know, startups and our business experience help you know um you know when we first started so yeah. we've got you know four co-founders um you know we've got two strong gentlemen in, in india that developed the product one guy used to live here in the states he worked for a fortune 50 company as a uh, technological architect the other guy has a background in computer science i'm here in the states the other guy here in this is in the states and he has a strong digital marketing background and then not only that, uh, he's an angel investor for a company called Standard Cognition in the Bay Area that's now worth $500, $600 million. So we all four came together with um, a strong experience in our you know, particular, uh, I guess, skill sets. And it's uh, you know, working well so far. Well, I'm happy to hear. I'm happy to hear. There's, uh, I'll say, I, I definitely see my part of soft stories around partnerships coming, coming by my desk, if you will. So, uh, yeah. very, very happy to hear that uh, you are in a situation where things are going really smooth. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, what is sort of your management philosophy like? You're, you're obviously looking after marketing and, and sales team and so on. How how do you think management and how do you sort of yeah, think about your staff and, and making them the best version of themselves. So I, you know, my, I guess my weakness or, uh, you know, if, if you will, is probably trying not to micromanage. So I'm one of the co-founders, right? So um, I, if you will, almost working 24 seven, getting up at five um, in the morning and then getting on the phone with uh, the co-founders in India chat with them for about an hour or so then i'm going to the gym and then back at home at 7 30 so i'm always like on so i expect and i know this is unfair right but it's something i'm working on that everyone that comes on board has to have that you know mindset 24 7 and you really can't always expect out of the people especially if they're not i guess part owners of the company right so yeah. try to give them you know, leeway and space and the, you know, parameters, which, you know, they need to work from or which we all agreed for yeah. them and goals that they need to achieve. Excellent. That makes sense. And what, what's been your biggest struggle so far around this? So 
I mean, you're, you're managing a few people. What, what's been the most difficult in, in this business specifically uh, from a management standpoint? Since we're a startup, it's just getting them to believe. Yeah. Right. Just getting them to believe in the messaging and the product and how it could help businesses. And, you know, we've gone through a few, so it wasn't easy. You know, it sounds cool, at, you know, at first, but, you know, once you start working, it's like, oh, man, you know, they don't have anything set up. Well, you know, we're a startup, right? So, you know, we're, we're learning. Our messaging from when we first started almost two years ago is a lot different now. So it's just getting people to, uh, you know, to believe and to buy into, uh, you know, the vision. Excellent. And what's, what, what's the biggest mistake you feel you've made, either you personally or the business from a management standpoint so far? Probably um, not listening to your, to your customers, right? Because at the end of all, I mean, they're the ones, I guess, paying for your, you know, your, your check, right? So the, obviously, the more customers you get, the bigger your valuation is. So, so this is what we learned from prior companies. We just had our you know, sometimes you have your blinders on, yeah. right? And it's like, hey, this is ton. This is what I, what we created. This is what's going on. This is the message that we started. So, coming here two years ago, you know, a lot of that was was mitigated. So, coming into this startup where all four of us had some experience with other startups and learned, you know, we actually discussed that. You know, we actually, uh, you know, discussed that. So, yeah. So just learning and you know mainly learning from our our customers or potential customers when they give us suggestions and ideas and tweaks you know you talk to 10 people you know if seven people say the same thing it's like okay they you know we talked to 10 and seven said the same thing let's tweak the platform or you know based on what these seven people said okay that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense so at the moment, obviously you you have you have a product that's working and in action. I'm I'm super interested in this all this AI stuff as well. So I'd love to know a little bit more just about how it works and so on. Would you mind sort of digging deep a little bit and just yeah, going through? Yeah. So it's an um, AI as a service platform. So it's cloud based, and what it does, it's uh, pretty neat actually. You, we can you can analyze the data and you know, execute marketing campaigns all under one platform. And what we found in the past is, yeah, there are good software companies that can you know, analyze the data. And then on the flip side, there are good you know, um, omni-channel campaign, um, you know, marketing platforms can, that can execute the campaigns, text, email, you know, social media. But when we put all this together, you know, nothing could be done, you know, under one roof. So, right. you know, we can enable that for, um, you know, clients now, whether they're online, brick and mortar, you know, manufacturers. So basically any business that wants to drive repeat buyers from their customer base, right? The old, uh, you know, 80, 20, the Pareto principle, 80, 20 rule. So yeah, so so what we do, we'll, we'll pull customer data, and the you know first thing that you know we do is we we analyze each and every customer's potential profitability by a by a scoring mechanism, and then what we can do depending on the data that's given to us, 
we segment that into, you know, we identify trends based on, you know, geographic, you know, demographic or psychographic trends and, and behavior patterns. So you can determine what someone's likely to do. Cool. So we can determine, uh, you know, this person is likely to buy this product or is predicted to buy this product living, you know, in Georgia and California and Oregon or in the Philippines or what have you. So when you, when you're making predictions, and then you're executing campaigns based on those predictions or predictive and prescriptive analytics, the conversions tend to increase tremendously. Yeah. And what, what, what sort of size of customers, like I'm just trying to get an understanding of like, what's the sort of cost structure with what you do and when does it make sense for people to start thinking about something like what you do? Yeah. So, uh, at bare minimum and um, 200 customers for our platform to start analyzing uh, patterns. Who are the customers that benefit the most from this type of software? Yeah, so uh, customers, big or small, can benefit. I can give you uh, two examples. So one customer, they sell sunglasses online. They got roughly 2,000 customers and uh, 100 different pairs of sunglasses they sell. So what we're able to do for them. So they're about a, one of our smaller clients. Uh, we took their 2000 customers and we segmented those customers or analyzed all 2000 on their potential profitability. So, you know, with the 2000, you could have your, you know, top tier customers, maybe they're called champion customers, the middle, middle tier, they're called um, loyal customers, and then maybe the bottom tier, you call them sleeping. They bought from you once and never to be seen again. So now if you're a marketer for the sunglass company, you, and you have a budget to allocate, maybe you allocate your marketing budget, your sales budget to the top tier customers. You keep them happy, you know, you, you know the champion and the, um, for the 2000 customers were able to predict what each person is likely to buy, similar to what Amazon and, and Netflix are, you know, are doing. So when you're getting more precise with your marketing and more targeted, the conversions tend to go up. And since this company is a smaller company, um, if I remember correctly, we helped them over a period of time improve their sales by 15%. Right. That's that's a fairly good fairly good increase. Yeah, and then there's another on the other side. We have a big bigger company that are about ten million dollars. They have two hundred thousand customers, and we're doing the same thing. And once everything is connected, I mean, we can provide you know an analysis within literally minutes. Well, depending on how fast the internet connection is, right? But once everything, assuming the data is clean, we can literally. Uh, you know, present an analysis within 15 minutes. And then what you can do, you know, information's not good if it's just sitting there. Within two clicks of your mouse, you can execute data-driven email campaigns, Facebook campaigns, or text campaigns. You know, going, you know, Excellent. You know omni-channel approach. And since they're a bigger company, uh, they've been more established, you're not going to see the 15% plus bump. So for them, it was just moving uh, the needle 
by a few percentage points. And when you're that big and you're, you know, $10 million plus range, you know, moving, moving the needle by a few percentage points, you know, means a lot. Yeah, totally. What, what, what about from a cost standpoint? So what, what is the actual cost of it and how does the cost structure work? So it's going to, the cost structure is going to be dependent on the amount of data that you have. We have platforms. So, you know, our vision is to be the, you know, global standard, if you will, of how successful businesses prioritize and execute their yeah. marketing pro protocols from insights driven from their data. With that being said, and with the democratization of AI, we want to include the, the small companies. So we're just not going after the, the big fish. And for the smaller companies, as long as the small companies have a minimum of 200 customers, we have a, we're running, I guess, a promotion, if you will, that for 200 customers, they can check us out for a minimum of $125 a month. Right. Yeah, that, that sounds very affordable. And that's actually, that's very similar to the levels of uh, like email systems and so on, like active campaign and the likes. Right. So that actually sounds like a fairly, fairly sensible place to start. Yeah. So we would just give them the, the basics, if you will, the, the bare bones, but at least it gives a good way for these small companies that they're hearing about AI, you know, you know, everywhere. It's like, it gives them a, good place to dip their toes in and and get their feet wet that that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense and it sounds very exciting i mean i think uh, obviously the more i mean i think all the big companies nowadays are running on data right so when you see facebook and google and so on there they have a ton of data and they're using it extremely well yeah. um to to deliver amazing results right so I, I think it's only a matter of time before that level of technology becomes available to smaller businesses as well right and you, you made a good point so you know ai right now is you know reserved for the maybe fortune 100 fortune 50 companies but now with our platform you know if you're up doing half a million five hundred thousand or 10 million or in some cases um you know 50 million even at 50 you know can you afford a data scientist or can you develop the platform, you know, to buy versus build, you know, scenario. So even these, you know, mid tier companies with our platform, you know, can, can take advantage of it. Yep. So now it's not only reserved for the, you know, for the, um, you know, for the big guys, but you know, the other day I had a conversation with a, you know, billion dollar tire company, uh, I think they're based in Florida. And while, yes, they do have, you know, data scientists, you know, on staff, they're not doing everything. While they can do a lot of things, their data scientists aren't able to do some of the things that our platform does. So yeah. that big, I mean, we're not going to take over their data science team, right? But maybe there's a small piece of the pie that they're not doing that we can help out with. Yeah, that makes sense as well. That makes sense as well. I think that sounds very good. That sounds very good. Um, any any sort of key things from a managerial standpoint? I mean, one of the things that I've 
or one of the types of people I work a lot with is these sort of CMO type people who, who are in these marketing roles and are looking for ways to make better decisions. And it's it sounds like a great tool for, for a lot of CMOs to actually be able to help them make smarter decisions. Yeah. Is it, it, it typical that level that companies come to you or does it tend to be the owner, CEO, or who, where do you normally start the conversations? Probably at the CEO level. Yeah. You know, the smaller they are, so we try to start off with the, you know, with the owners and the, um, you know, the conversations we've had for, uh, I guess, the high dollar companies, they started off at the CEO level and then um, uh, it got pushed down to the CMO. So, yeah, eventually I have a conversation with the CMO. Excellent. Yeah, I think uh, I think for a lot of the a lot of the CMO I've worked with, you know, they're always looking for. I'd say prioritization is nowadays so key because there's so many things that you can do, right? You have email marketing, you have social media, you have uh, still a ton of potential platforms that you can attack, and I think definitely some intelligence around where to go and where to go first, and you know where your customers are and so on is. Is, is potentially super, super valuable. Right? Yeah, you had, a, you had a key word, prioritization, right? That, that's the key thing there, uh, you know, prioritize and, and execute. If, yeah. You know, you, I think you had mentioned you're in Vietnam, and so maybe you're talking to a, to a customer that sells T-shirts, but uh, maybe, you know, red shirts aren't selling, you know, in Vietnam, but red shirts are selling here you know, in the States, then why would you market red shirts over there, right? In Vietnam. So you're, it's prioritizing based on, you know, what the data says. And then with AI, it's unsupervised learning. So the patterns could change. So the patterns could uh, change three months from now or six months from now. So nothing's ever a static process, especially in the world that we live in today. So with AI, it recognizes those patterns that, yeah, it could remain the same, but it could also change. And the companies that, you know, recognize that will win over the companies that don't. Yep, that makes a lot of sense as well. And I think, I mean, the, the world obviously changed really fast, but I, I think definitely for me, the prioritization is a big one, right? Because particularly in smaller companies, I, I see people figuring out something that works. Yeah. And then what happens is they, they, they get so focused on all these new um, shiny objects that they, they actually they go away from something that works, mm-hmm. trying something they hope work better, which it might or might not. But, you know, the, the, the key thing for me is they actually leave something on the table that they know works and they, they either forget about it or, you know, they run, they're, they're so busy running around after these such shiny objects that they leave it on the table. And I think, I think data to actually show you not just what works, but also show you, you know, this thing you did last time was a really good process, right? You should definitely keep going. I think data in that regard would actually also be very, very helpful for business owners because I, I see that happen again and again and again, and oh, it makes me sad. And I think I heard it in one of your past podcasts. People keep on chasing the, the, the shiny objects, right? But when you see what works in the past, why don't you, you continue with that? And if I don't know if you saw our tagline. Our tagline is, driving repeat buyers using artificial intelligence. Yeah. I think Bain put a study, right, that uh, 
uh, just a 5% increase where repeat customers can yield over 20, 20%, 25% in, you know, our profits. And you mentioned a, a key, key thing there. People keep on they want shiny objects and people always want to bring new customers and, you know, they want to do SEO. We just, we just signed a client yesterday, actually. And we were talking to them for weeks and weeks and they wanted to spend money on SEO, uh, SEO, new customers in, uh, you know, all this. And it, it was going to cost them. So we looked, so they were on limited budget, right? But I said, Hey man, to do it properly and right, it's going to cost you at least a hundred thousand dollars. You guys, you guys have been in business for 20 years. You've got a wealth of, you've got a wealth of data. Let's, analyze that check out the patterns and you know start you know retargeting them because they're, they're selling this product that has a, a life cycle of 18 months i believe yeah. wow you got a lot of you know tons of information here that we can analyze and you know and pull from and, and segment um and now we can start retargeting those. It's so low-hanging low fruit. And then what we can do now, take that information and uh, find lookalike customers on Facebook. Because if you go on Facebook right now, yeah, you can create lookalike customers on Facebook. But typically, if you ask any digital marketer, that's based on, on a best guess versus um, facts. But yeah, yep. you're absolutely right. People are all, all these companies, you know, it's sexier that way, right? Let's get new customers in. And what about the ones you had, <laughs> it, it, you know, in your database? Are you sending them any emails? Are you sending them any, you know, any, any texts or? I'm, I'm definitely excited to go and check it out a little bit myself. Yeah. Um, if, if people want to get hold of you, what's the best way to do so? So I can, um, I think I can give you the links, but um, on LinkedIn, yep, you can get a hold of me, Jerry, and then Abiog. I think that's um, not a common name, so you should be able to find me easily. They yep. can go to our website, which we're um, we're getting a new website hopefully in the next couple of weeks. But uh, go to standardinsights.io or yep. uh, email me yourself, and I'll you know I don't typically do this, but I'll give you my my email reach out to me, Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, at standardinsights.io. And I can email you the links as well. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. yeah, I'll get those included in the show notes, so that's perfect. Yeah. That is that is excellent, Jerry. Listen, it was very, very interesting talking to you. And yeah. uh, awesome. I wish you guys the best of luck with the business. And uh, yeah, thank you. excited to hear how it progresses in the future. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it was an honor to be here. Excellent. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.